0: the sports complex afternoons 5 to 7 of the horn
1: Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Thursday afternoon on the show today. Stark spoke to the media today, giving his uh, Thursday media availability. We will give you some of that audio, get you a little bit more ready for Houston uh, coming up on Saturday. We'll talk a little bit more about the MLB playoffs. Astros get a much, much needed win. A much needed win uh, in Arlington and the controversy about the roof today. We'll give you all of that uh, coming up. Some sound from hook him up with Ian Robbie from this morning. We will also get into some NBA. Uh, the Spurs unveiled what they are uh, probably going to use as their starting lineup for the rest of the season. Get into maybe a little college football, NFL, whatever else we get into. Preview the game tonight. All of that coming up on the Sports Complex. Giving you up to the Rangers at six thirty for pregame for Game Four of the Astros and Rangers ALCS series. Uh, we'll give it up for pregame at 6.30 right here on the horn. Uh, and, of course, your text, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. The text line is open for your questions, comments, and concerns about the Texas Longhorns, about the Astros, the Rangers, the Cowboys, the Texans, whatever you want to talk about. Send that in. You guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. All right. Sark spoke to the media today. Uh, talking some more about the game against Houston, uh, kind of breaking down. Uh, you know, this is one of those games. You're getting into the back half of the season. We knew that the the season for Texas was pretty front-loaded. We thought K-State would be a little bit better. You thought maybe TCU could respond a little bit better after playing for a national championship last year. They lost a lot of players, uh, but you expect them to be a little bit better Big 12's kind of in itself. We know K-State gets better. TCU is looking a little bit better as it goes. So some of these games might turn into bigger games as the season goes on. Uh, but Houston is definitely not that. Houston, uh, Texas is still a uh, four-score favorite uh, against Houston. So this is a game where you know you have to be up for it. You have to be ready for it. But you should be able to handle Houston. But you get to look at Texas as you should have been able to handle Rice. Rice beat Houston. You should have been able to handle them, and there were some struggles. You should have been able to handle Wyoming, and there were some struggles. Baylor was probably the game where you looked the best from beginning to end. But, you know, you want to be able to have all of those games put it together and start to show in the second half that you're improving, that you've bounced back from after, you know, your first loss of the season, after a bye week. You want to see them bounce back in this Houston game. Sark spoke to media today, and uh, let's give you his opening statement. Uh, getting you ready for coming off a of bye week, getting into Houston, getting into the back half of the schedule, six games to go in the regular season. You need to go 6-0 and in these games to go where you want to be to be sure you can be in that Big 12 uh, conference championship game. Here's Stark's opening statements from today.
2: It's great to be back in game week. Um, I think you could definitely feel it uh, with the intensity at practice, the energy at practice, the competitiveness at practice. Thought our guys really had three quality days of work Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, with with Monday a, a great day to kind of get back to it. Uh, but they really brought it Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And um, it shows in, like I said, in the intensity and the competitiveness at practice, um, which is what we were hoping to have coming off of the bye week last week. And so um, I love I love where we're at from a mentality standpoint. I really like where we're at physically. Um, obviously, we got we got some guys back healthy, um, and I, I just think we're we're getting ready to go play uh, a ball game Saturday and in, in a hostile environment on the road. We know that that Houston would like nothing more than than to knock us off in this ball game, and so it's going to have to take our best effort to go in there and get a win.
1: Yeah, and this is uh, there was a couple parts which funny. The next question was asked by Kirk Bowles from the Statesman. He asked, "Do you you know you always say you had great practices? Have you ever had a bad practice?" And Sark laughed and said, "Yes, but he's been having good practices and better practices because this is a veteran group. Uh, There is some guys on this team that have been there and been there with him now two or three years, and they want to get to that next level. They want to be able to that next level. So you want to be able to see Texas respond out of this." And go handle business and take care of business when you go to Houston. You know, you want to see this team be able to take some more chances and be able to, and really try and take a step forward of the way Texas played this season, that they've been playing well. But you want them to step, take that next step to a team that you believe can compete in the college football playoff, that can compete and, and that you know, hey, this team is better than Oklahoma, and you know they had a bad week, but we're better than them. You want to see that Texas show up and not play down to your opponents. That's the reality of what you're looking for. And I think one of the things I'm looking for in this game is to see if PK's defense can be a little bit more aggressive. Sark's talked about creating turnovers many times. He's talked about... You know how you can go in there and disrupt, and that you want to win that turnover margin. And he's big on winning the turnover margin, and part of that is playing it a little bit safer on offense this year. Quinn Ewers really trying to play safe with uh, w- with the ball and not turn it over. But on the flip side of that, I think they're playing a little too safe on some of these defensive packages. And Donovan Smith is the type of quarterback that they tend to play pretty safe around, and while you can still stop them while you can still get out of the game relatively okay because you're going to get them into some field goal positions once the once the uh you know The field starts to shrink as you get in the red zone. You're going to be able to defend them, but you'd like to see them try and be a little bit more aggressive. We talked about it yesterday about getting sacks and getting pressure on the quarterback. Part of that is to disrupt, to change up what these guys are seeing so you can go out and get some interceptions and you can get some fumbles and you want to change up what people are seeing and make the, make the teams that you're going to play for the rest of the season a little bit more scared of this defense. Where this defense is... Formidable. You definitely don't want to face them because they're, they're putting up good numbers, but you also are not necessarily scared of them in a sense of, oh man, these guys, every pass I throw could be going the other way. The other pass, you know, any time I run the ball, they're coming up from behind and trying to swat it out. If I'm a quarterback, every time I have to double check to make sure I'm okay. That's what you want to see. Here's Stark talking about creating turnovers because uh, you know we talked about sacks yesterday, but this is another thing that is tailed off a bit as the season went on.
2: Uh, I think it's probably both. Truth, truth be told, I think sometimes you need to be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there defensively, right? Whether it's zone coverage, man coverage, um, fitting a run a specific way, running a game up front, um, and then when you, when you're there, then you can then you can you know, take advantage of the opportunity to create that turnover. So I think that that's the first part. The second part, I, I think having the mindset of the ball on your mind of how are we getting the football, right? Are we getting it because of, you know, when we sack the quarterback, there's a strip attempt. Are we getting it because when we're in zone coverage, we're doing a great job of recognizing route combinations and having the ability to 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 jump a route uh, to create a turnover, which we saw earlier in the year. Um, is it understanding when you, when you feel that first tackler starting to wrap that runner up and I'm the second man in to go ahead and get a punch or a strip on that ball, knowing, uh, that that he's in the graphs of the, of the first defender. So I do think there's ball awareness. Um, but, but I also think there's something about football IQ and football awareness. And I know we've talked a lot about this, about Jalen Ford. There's something about his game, where he kind of finds the football, right? Because he's where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there. He remains very calm. He doesn't get frantic. Uh, and so when it's a punch attempt, an interception, a fumble recovery, um, he, he's he's really under control to do those things. So we, we continue to try to uh, emphasize that. And we definitely emphasize it a bunch here over the last two weeks. Uh, and hopefully here in the second half of the season that, that it pays dividends. I, I don't know. You know, I'd love to get you know a few turnovers here Saturday defensively., um, but sometimes it's about opportunity. You have to have the opportunities to do that. And some of it's you create your own opportunities. Uh, but hopefully, as we look back at these six games here when we come to December, that there was a real emphasis on the ball and it showed in our ability to create those turnovers.
1: And that's where you want to see Texas step up in this game. Take it to another level, be able to create. Turnovers, And he kind of goes into this at points about being more aggressive, but he doesn't fully go for it. He's talking more about players making plays, not a game plan to create those plays. And I like to see the game plan put those players in a position to win a little bit more on the defensive end, whereas he's hoping that the players can step up and make extra special plays. But if you're training guys, especially those safeties now, to not get beat over the top, and everybody's worried in that secondary about getting beat over the top and those big plays, and that's what you're kind of drilling home that we can't have that anymore. I think that's going to stop your interceptions pretty pretty fully. And when you talk about creating fumbles, you know that's where you have to you know bring more of the party at the football, as Sark likes to say, and and get guys to where you have other guys around you. And with Texas, they're making a lot of solo tackles. Solo tackles are sometimes harder to get those fumbles out on because you are just trying to get the tackle down. Texas is really focusing on the basics and and the fundamentals, and they'd like to add in that other part to it, but I think you kind of have to game plan a little bit more and take some chances to get those turnovers and get them feeling a little bit safer in doing that again because if the coaches aren't going to take any chances, then the players are going to feel like they have less of a chance to take a chance. They, they may feel that they're not as able to go out there and, and really be able to... You know, expand what their repertoire is and if if you're worried hey man we're calling kind of really back defenses and I'm being told by my coaches to sit back and don't let anybody over the top of me well I don't want to dive for that ball anymore like I don't want to try and cut that passing route and I know they tell me if I see it go for it but if I let it go behind me I'm sitting on the bench they're rotating defensive players I'm on the bench right then I don't want to go and try and swat the ball out of a guy's hand and miss the tackle you know because they're telling me that I need to do both but I you know I I need to wrap up with both hands. That means it's hard to get the ball out. I don't want to go over and get an extra penalty by making a hit. So I think there's a little bit where the coaching staff has to, in this six games in the back half of the season, take a few more chances and get this defense to feeling a little bit more safe in taking some chances. That's what I'd like to see, and I think Houston's a perfect team to do that against. Yes, Donovan Smith can hurt you in plays, but, again, you should be able to handle them well enough that a couple plays will not kill you against Houston. You should be able to put really good numbers against this defense. You should be able to hold this this, deep, this offense to a certain amount of field goals and not let them get uh, in the end zone. But you're going to have to take some chances because I would like to see that going forward. Uh, something that I just want to bring up because we've got this on the text line plenty of times about game planning for your opponents, and I was talking to a friend last night about game planning for opponents, and – there is the old school way of thinking. And that's the Nick Saban, that's the like the where you say we have a dominant team and what we do is what we do and if you're not uh you know if you're not with us then we're going to go ahead and you know if we don't think you're on our level we're just going to play our game and we're going to beat you. That's the re- one of the, not the only reason, but one of the reasons we were able to handle Alabama cuz Alabama played their style of football and we game playing them and we beat them. Texas is able to game plan against Alabama because Texas understood what Alabama was going to do. And they were able to stop it because they could not execute at that level. And for Texas to pretend that Texas is on the level where they don't have to game plan, that they can expose their will on everybody. It's just, it's a, it's a dumb way to go about it. You have to be able to, to a certain extent, game plan for each opponent. So Sark talked about not necessarily game planning an opponent. He was, talked to, uh, he was asked about scouting opponents, which is a little bit easier uh, of a way for coaches to talk about it. How these players, how are you informing your players uh, about each opponent? How do you, you know, kind of get them ready for who they're playing, the film, and all of that on these players? Here's Sark talking about scouting opponents this is something that you kind of want to continue to do if you want to be the dominant team this season, don't pretend that you're you're the dominant team that doesn't need to do the extra step. Do the extra step. Here's Stark talking about scouting.
2: Well, I mean, naturally there's the there's the general scouting report of the type of offense defense and or special teams that they run depending on the the phase of the game, right? Whether it's the fronts, the coverages, the blitzes that they like to run um whether it's the, the the style of run game the, the personnels that they use the 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 pump protection or pump block that they that they like to incorporate so those are big picture things that we try to get our players really tied into the second part is we really try to get our players to know their opponent right who are they who are they competing against on a on a down after down basis and if you're a if you're a left tackle how, what, what about this defensive end I'm going against? What do I need to know? Right. What are his moves? What are his alignments, you know, and trying to find any tips, any tendencies there. So um, we, we kind of start high level, big picture, and then it drills all the way down to very player specific on who I need to compete against and what do I need to be aware of? And then, then there's the game plan. Okay. How are we trying to attack these people on all three phases? And so if the players can really tie all of that together, then they can play with a lot of confidence. Comp- confidence. And, and that should remove some of the doubt and or uncertainty going into a ball game that, hey, OK, I got a really good idea about who they are. I have a really good idea about who I'm going against. And I have a really good idea of how we're trying to attack them uh, in whatever phase of the game that we're talking about. And so that's that's half of it. That's half of it.
1: And maybe it's three quarters of it for what you're going to do, especially against a team, you know, in these teams, the back half where you should be able to handle them. You want to work on your things. I get all that. But you do need to have every player ready to understand what you're going against. And not, hey, wait, look, Donovan Smith is a mobile cor-. No, you need to understand what Donovan Smith can do. You need to understand the way he moves. You need to understand those types of things. If you go look at what the Texans are doing this year, the Houston Texans, and D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans is the type of guy that all stories were that he really wanted to know about every single player. He wanted to know why players did what they did, and he could scout them out, and that helped him play defense at a higher level. And he's teaching that to the Texans, and it's helping them succeed. So you want to have that part of it for these players, for Texas. And, you know, your veterans, it's a little bit easier because they understand the game better. They understand watching film after years of doing it. They get a little bit better. And so, some of those guys, it's a little bit easier for them to go in and really scout the opponents. And those guys have to be the most vocal guys come game day. Those are the guys that have to be uh, pushing the ball and pushing the narrative and making sure, hey, we know when he moves his right leg like this, just let you know. And you can say all you want about we should be able to beat him, but why not beat him by 50? Like, if you can beat him by 50 and you just want to be lazy and beat him by 20, then you're not, you don't deserve to be considered a top team and and I know that some people just want Texas to go in and and they don't care and but this is the reality is every game on the rest of the schedule you need to go make your point that you belong in a top four teams in the country and so just winning games just winning doesn't really cut it anymore because if you just win six more games and then, then you just win the big 12 championship that schedule and everything, oh, now it's gonna to start to drop down. And you know, when they're doing the votes, maybe Oklahoma gets in because Oklahoma went in and was aggressive. And you didn't. Maybe they say, Oh, we don't care about the Big Twelve Championship. And they get in the big the conference, the college football playoffs, and you don't. You have to go out there and show everybody. And the way you do that is you not only do what you do, but you know what they do and you're able to stop that as well. You need to take the extra step. Before we get to the big fat poll today. Uh, I do want to play you the injury update. There's not much in it, but I do want to play it for you guys, just so you have it. Uh, about JT Sanders, Jake Majors, uh, CJ Baxter, uh, Ryan Watts. Here's the injury update.
2: Yeah, they, the, all the everybody's practiced. Um, a couple of those guys, I think, will be game time decisions. But again, everybody practiced all week. Um, you know, my my decision as a coach ultimately is is those guys that all the guys we're talking about. Is it in the best interest of the team, A, to, to put them out there? Do they put us in the best position to be successful? And then, B, I have to look at each individual. Is it in their best interest to put them out there to compete? But I will give them all a lot of credit. Uh, they all they all came to work this week and, and worked hard, and they've continued to do their rehab. And um, I'm, I'm probably more pleasantly – I'm more pleased with where we are at this week than maybe a little bit of what I was anticipating – um so that that's a real positive and that's a credit to our training staff and to those guys individually of putting in the work to get themselves in position to uh to be where they're at today
1: so everybody is day to day everybody is a game time decision sark has shown that he's not going to tell you anything you know he and jt sanders before we know before the oklahoma game he said he's doing great and then clearly he was limited at points in that game as well so sark's going to say what he's going i mean you could see depending on where they're at uh, him sit, decide to sit, you know, Ryan Watts out another week just to make sure he's back and fully healthy. Uh or Jalen Catalan. If he's, you know, if he wants to play him on more of a pitch count, during injuries. or Jake Majors, if he wants to work some offensive line, maybe, you know, maybe put him in but not play him all the snaps. All of those things could happen in this game. But, uh, the the up the the injury update from Sark has kind of gotten it's one of the few coach speak, really coach speak things Sark does. He's pretty good about, it, especially after losses, uh not being too coach speaky and and kind of giving you things that he does say he should change and things that he thought were wrong, he'll give you those more than some other coaches. Uh, but the injury report, he is very much coach B. All right, let's get to the big fat poll of the day. Get to your text. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line. So you can hit us up and answer this question talk about what you think about the t- Houston game. If you want to give some predictions, we're actually off the air tomorrow for the Astros and Rangers. So if you want to give some predictions, uh, now you can send in your predictions for the final score, what you like to see, what you want to see out of the game. Anything you want to talk Texas football, Astros, Rangers, Spurs, Cowboys, Texans, send that in 512-447-3776. And today's big fat poll today. Let's talk defense. Because Texas should be able to put up points on this offense. We think they will be able to. So that number is kind of fluctuating by how many attempts they get because of the defense. Can the defense get the guys off the field? Can they get the turnovers we talk about? Because turnovers, you're going to lead the points as well. How many points do you feel okay with Houston scoring in this game against Texas? They have a decent offense. They can put up points, got no defense, but they got a, a decent offense. Do you want to see this Texas defense rally after what happened last week against another mobile quarterback against a guy who's going to, you know, that they may try more designed runs and more draws because it did work for Oklahoma. I know Donovan Smith would like to sit in the pocket more, but they may be calling the draws because Oklahoma did it and it worked. How many points do you feel okay with Houston scoring where you feel, okay, we're heading in the second half and this is a college football playoff team. This is a team that is what we thought they were. And we're, not, we're heading the right direction and not the wrong direction. How many points? Is it – are you saying, you know, they're a good offense, give me 20, and I'm fine with that, and I think, you know, we'll put up 40-something, and so if we put up 40-something they put up 20, that's, you know, we still get a 20-point win. I'm not worried about it. Do you, Are you saying, look, they need to really make a statement and not allow a touchdown, and, you know, maybe it's 12 or something like that, maybe 9 or 12, is that where your number is at? Do you, do you know it's going to be a shootout? At some extent, Texas may put up 50 and they'll put up 30. What's the number? What's the number for you? 512-447-3776. 512 447 3776 We come back, we'll get to your text. We'll get to uh, uh, some sound from Hook 'em up, talking about some some midseason praise for the the uh, Texas Longhorns. And uh, we we'll see if we can squeeze in some MLB and of course, of course your text. 512 447 512-447-3776. Hit us up with that number if you want to give us final score predictions as well and anything else Texas football. Send them in. We'll get to them right after this break. Here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.
2: The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7. Woo! Hell yeah! On the Horn.
1: Back at the Sports Complex on the horn on a Thursday afternoon, Uh, playing some Houston artists all week long. It's our musical theme, giving the Astros some mojo after they did get a win, they got a win. Some controversy, I'll tell you in the 6 o'clock hour, (laughs) dumb controversy, Uh, in the game tonight. Seven o'clock, pregame 630 right here on the horn. It is still 0-0 in the Diamondbacks and Phillies game three that is happening right now. Still tied at zero there. Uh, and uh, you know, Texas playing Houston this week. So uh, you know, just we thought we'd you know, Houston's got a good musical city. It's not Austin, but it's a good musical city, so we'll give them that. Uh, I do want to play some I do want to get to the Tex line. Uh, let's get, uh, let's start text. line. we're asking the question, five, one, two, four, four, seven, three, seven, seven, six. We're asking you how many points do you feel okay with Houston scoring against Texas, where you still feel this team can be doing okay. Uh, let's get to, uh, big cheesy. I agree. The defense should be playing more on their toes and not on their heels. Uh, the schedule allows more aggressive against the lesser team. That's, that's all I'm saying. I, I think you can be a little bit more aggressive now, work on some things now, Uh, and, and go after some guys and be a little bit more fear and see what works. See, man, find some things that work during this. I know everybody keeps doing this whole, well, hold on to all these plays and don't ever try them. And then when you try them, they may not work. Like you would try the plays out. I get everyone's going to, you know, people scout and they'll know that you have it in there, but it's, you know, then they have to guess what time you use it and then they have to fully do it. And they, like, you can, if it's a weird formation, you might want to hold on to it. But if they're just blitzes and stuff like that, blitz package, just go get, run a blitz at a guy. Try some different things. They don't have to be unique or exotic blitzes. They just have a blitz that comes at some guy and really go after. Them. That doesn't have to be a crazy play. Just go after him. Try and be a little bit more aggressive. Create some havoc. Uh, We get uh, 17. You're saying set 52 to 17. Uh, Patrick, tell me why you're scared of Houston. I'm not. I'm scared of Texas. I'm scared of Texas being the same Texas team I've watched for the past 20 years. I'm scared of that. I'm scared of them playing to their opponent. But if you think that, that I can say that I, I, I can believe what Texas ceiling and their floor is. Like in any team, in any sport, there's a ceiling and a floor. And you don't want to get to the floor. And if you get to the floor, it's because you don't take teams like Houston seriously. Because you don't think that a Division One program can win a football game. Because you think, oh, we got the players. We got the coach we we will dominate anybody and then you win the game 35 to 32 or something like that. And then everybody thinks you suck again. So let's go out there and play and game plan. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. If you don't like any of that stuff, that's fine. But that's how reality works. That's the way it needs to be. You have to do that. I, I'm not scared of Houston. And yes, Houston is a hostile environment because there is a fan base that they did not allow many Texas tickets to be sold. It's not a huge arena or a huge stadium. But they're all there to hate Texas. They're going to be loud, and you want to be able to silence them. I don't know what I said to compare them to Houston. I, I just don't – and we didn't spend two weeks game planning. But you do game plan. I, I don't know what you think Texas is doing where Texas is just going to walk out there. You know what? They shouldn't even practice. You're right. You're right. They shouldn't practice. They should just roll out there. Maybe, maybe don't even wear the uniforms. I mean, come on, man. Like you ha- This is Division One football. You're trying to be one of the best teams in the country. And you just say, nah, Houston doesn't count. That's crazy. You want to hold him to 17 points without game planning against a quarterback that can do, that can run, can throw the ball? You want to hold him to 17 without game planning for him? It doesn't work that way. Uh, we get Big Jack saying uh, 42. Uh, we get Big Jack saying that 13 is what you want to hold them to. 13 is what you want to hold them to. I, uh, that's, that's all Lona, I, I agree. I think it'd be great. I think in all reality, 20 is probably what you're going to be looking at, because I think Sark's going to be able to score quickly. I think Houston's going to have a lot of possessions, and when you have a lot of possessions, it makes it just a little bit harder to continually you know to be able to hold like that, that's where I worry the problem. I think the problem is that you have, you'll, you're going to give them too many possessions, that they're going to be able to score a touchdown on you at least. And if they score a touchdown on you. And then, you know, are able to get a field goal or two. I think it get to 15 to 20 pretty quickly. But I, I'd like to see it lower. I'd like to see the turnovers, uh, you know, maybe stop some of these drives. Kevin from Elgin says final score I want to see is 42 to 13. Uh, we get a Texas 31, Houston 23. Uh, Nate says 45-13. Texas 56, uh, Houston 20. I, I mean, I think those are all kind of – I'm going to say 15 to 20 is what I'm going to go with, but I, I, I like, I, I'm i with you guys. I'd love it to be lower. Uh, but I think 15 to 20 is a realistic amount against this Houston team. Now, if you were able to go out there and really affect Donovan Smith early, then maybe that number changes because then you can run the ball early. But that comes into you have to play really good in that first quarter and come out strong and know what you're doing early in this game. Julian Westwood says, uh, I want a beat down. I'm okay with a field goal, maybe a touchdown. So you're talking 50 to 3 with a couple pick sixes. (laughs) I love it. I love it if that happened. I don't think that's going to happen, but I do love it. That would be a lot of fun if that happened. Uh, I did. We're going to get some more of your texts. Keep sending in. 512 447 3776. 512 447 3776. I. Keep sending those in, and uh, we'll get to those in a minute. We're going to play you some sound from Hook'em Up with Ian Robbie bi am going to go through some more of these texts that are coming in. I appreciate you guys going along. A big fat poll of the day. How many points do you feel okay with Houston scoring against Texas? Final score predictions. Send all those in on the text line. And uh, Ian Robbie this morning we're talking about some midseason praise for Texas, a little checkup on the midseason for
0: Texas. Here's uh, Ian Robbie this morning. Congratulations. Uh, I don't know if it's congrats, but uh, of note – uh, Longhorn running back Jonathan Brooks, a member of the uh, the Athletic.com's first half All American team in college. Yeah, football. I saw that. Yeah, first half, of course, uh, six games in. Jonathan Brooks, your lead running back with uh, Michael Penix at quarterback and uh, Malik Neighbors, the wide receiver from LSU on that list, Brock Bowers at tight end, and a um, member of the Houston Cougars, by the way. Patrick Paul, their left tackle, who's probably the, the best player on the Houston Cougars team. Uh, he is the first-team All-American tackle there. Um, yeah, he's a good player. A really good player at left yeah. tackle. That's one guy that you need to watch this weekend. But I mean, who would have predicted that when the season began? That's what's great about football. Jonathan Brooks. Uh, he says here, arguably the nation's best running back uh, through the first six games of the year. That's crazy. Does is he going to go to the draft? He might. He no, might.
3: have to consider it. You have to as a
0: running back. Yeah, right? if yeah. he's
3: the top running back on the board. Yeah. If he's the best running back in, in, coming out. He's got to consider it. it. It'd be, you know, it'd be foolhardy not to. And uh,
0: yeah, it says it, it, written here in the theathletic.com it says the Longhorns lost arguably the nation's best running back in B. John Robinson a year ago, yet they might have the nation's best back again in Jonathan Brooks. And that to yeah. me is the key to this game this weekend. Just, just saddle it up. And, uh, you know, you now know you've got a capable, more than capable <laughs> running back. Uh, make that your, your engine and then build off of that in your offense, Rod. It makes things pretty simple when you can line it up yeah. with, the, with the big he, humans up front and run S- the ball.
3: Sark doesn't like simple, though. I, I it, But I think we, people like that about him. But Sark, he likes to pass to open up the run. Uh, I'm not saying he's pass happy. He wants to run the football, but he doesn't necessarily always choose the simplest Route. <laughs> All right. Or this you know what I mean the simplest solution. He likes the more extravagant, the more exotic sometimes, and he likes his offense to be a stealthy and I've even said this. Sark wants to get the crowd hype. He has said that. He has said, I want my offense to get people excited about the game, watching the, the game. The he yeah, he wants you guys to be on your feet when you guys are sitting, you know, sitting down for the first and first quarter because he hasn't stimulated the the audience in some way. You know, he feels bad. He's in his bag, thinking, "Damn it, man! It's boring. I gotta get the- exactly. I gotta get the <laughs> crowd hype here. All right, and he could he could just run the football down their throat. They are really bad. I think they're 99th or nine. I think they're ninety sixth uh, in rush defense. They're really bad, but. Sartre hey, is not going to need... go that route. I think he's going he's to be balanced, and he might pass to open up the run, but they're really I'm bad okay in pass defense, that. too. I mean, they're really bad. They're like uh, 117th in pass defense, so you can choose whatever you want. Against
0: your Pick bench. your poison, yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, Tavondre Sweat, by the way, first team All-American halfway through the year on the defensive side for the Longhorns, too. For the Athletic? Yeah, Yeah. athletic.com, Tavondre Sweat.
3: Just to continue the conversation um, about the accolades that the Longhorns have been given the kind of mid-season accolades and awards. Uh, UT actually posted this on their website, uh, on their social media, I should say. Uh, they posted this, the AP gave out their mid-season All-American team honors and uh, Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy, a second team. Oh. AP. AP. All-Americans, which is pretty damn good. Man. It's still, I don't know how many D tackles they put on there, but it couldn't be many. Um, and then Jonathan Brooks' first team, AP. All-American right now to go along with what you were talking about, about the athletics. So Jonathan Brooks, it is an amazing story. He's now um, AP, ESPN, CBS Sports, Athletic, Fox, and USA Today all have him as a first-team midseason All-American. Four straight 100-plus-yard games, um, 121 rushing yards per game, first among Power 5 running backs, and he's the Big 12 leader in – rushing yards per game, all purpose yards, rushing TDs and total TDs. He is easily the biggest surprise of the season for Texas. He may be the biggest surprise in college football. When you think about how following up Bijan Robinson, nobody thought Texas has the best running back room in the country with Bijan Robinson and Rojo and they'll have it again the next season. Well, and he with Jonathan Brooks
0: well, he wasn't even the starter, <laughs> and he's a first-team yeah, All-American. Yeah, he
3: started the first two games.
0: Yeah. C.J. Baxter
3: the first two games.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, the freshman was the starter, and here he is, his first-team All-American. Cause he's I have a feeling there was
3: a promise to C.J. Baxter that he would start. He's like, hey, if I fulfilled my promise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you technically did start. So, hey, no man of my word. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, well, I, that Those things, are I don't know if that happened, but th- those types of things are promised in recruiting at sure. times. Yeah.
0: Number one running back in the country. Yeah. Uh, but I would also say that you know it's on C.J. Baxter. He's the one that you know, keeps getting banged up. Can't it's, finish a game. You know it's one of those he's soft. Oh, wow! Every, every time he gets
1: hit, he limps off the field. I, 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 I'm not exaggerating. Not every or time he, but he can't finish the game. Maybe right.
0: he doesn't limp off the field, but he gets up acting like something's wrong.
3: With he's him. got to. Uh, I think he, he, what he's got to figure out the difference between him being hurt and when he's injured. And a, young players sometimes struggle with that. Um, am I hurt am I injured and pain it's like well no. if you can play through it that usually means that you are you're hurt and not injured if you can't play through it then you're injured so I just think he's probably just making that determination probably had not figured that out yet at the high school level guys like that don't figure that out because you don't get hit hard enough consistently <laughs> you get hit hard uh, at that the higher you get up in the levels of football so I think maybe that's it I hope that's it I hope, I hope you're not right but like I said he hasn't finished the game yet no, Jonathan hasn't. Brooks has taken advantage of every opportunity that's his spot now
1: and that he, dude Jonathan Brooks has
3: finished games oh he is a finisher he is, yeah he's a closer yeah Alabama. No, I know. I don't disagree with that at all and I think he took it personal I took that personal when Sark would name him as the start, he's like what I'm the vet here and um, you know, uh, I, I've shown I've shown it on the field, so I think his honestly, you could I mean, maybe Sark did it on purpose. Uh, his competitive sickness kind of took over, I think, in some respect, where he wanted to prove that that was his spot. And hell, in that not only proving that it was his spot, now he's proving that he might be he's might be the best running back in the country. That's crazy. You That's, know what? Was the last time a program did that? I know it's happened where they've had the best running back in the country in back to back years.
0: Different player too. I mean, yeah, I'm back. talking <laughs> about
3: back-to-back years with a different player with a different Alabama. Yeah, Bama, Alabama's Bama's probably, Bama's done, probably, done, probably it. done it. Yeah.
0: Well, and you know it's interesting. Uh we, you know, Houston doesn't have a lot of great players, U of H, but uh, on this same list, Patrick Paul, the left tackle. Yeah, he's a real deal. 315. He's from Jersey Village down there, kind mm-hmm. of where near North I grew side, up. Yeah. Northwest. And uh how about this? According to Pro Football Focus, Paul has not only not allowed a lot of sack this year. He hasn't allowed a single pressure according to PFF. Nice. Not a pressure. Uh that is pretty incredible through mm-hmm. six games of football. They're 3 and 3, but he hasn't allowed a pressure. Uh you would think Texas, you know, again, that's one guy you got to deal with, but just keeping on Patrick Paul, he probably be a first round draft pick when we get to the draft in April.
3: Yeah, he's uh he's the highest graded pass blocking uh tack offensive lineman uh, in the Power 5 according to PFF. So he he's the real deal. And they had like a top 75. This is where I saw Jonathan Brooks, actually. He was ranked as the top back in pro football focus. Top 75 draftable prospects overall. They had him as the number one running back there, too. So you said the Athletic had him as the top back and pro football focus has him as the top back coming off the board. I mean, he may have to make a decision, which is crazy to think. But, yeah. Jonathan Brooks, because he has excelled uh, to this extent, he may have a decision to make at the end of the year. That's a great thing for him. Congrats to that young man. because And he was I think he had his number retired at Hallettsville, too, uh, recently replayed that sound, that audio.
0: Yeah, at high so school. So he's uh, yeah, man. He was a hell of a player at Hall. a two-way player, 3A school, <laughs> so you kind of do everything there. He's clearly their best player by a mile. He was Mr. Texas Football.
3: Yes, he was. You're right about that. And he's about to play the worst defense <laughs> in in the Big Twelve. So though he this could be a this could be a Heisman put if Sark wants to run the football, if Sark decides, you know what, man, I'm gonna just take the path of least resistance here. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna allow this thing to be a shootout. I'm just gonna run the damn football down their throat. And force them to submit, and well, look, then I, defensively, I will put our defense in good positions, play complimentary football, that kind of thing. If he decides to do it, and then Jonathan Brooks is the focus of the game plan, this could be a Heisman type game for him. I mean, he could go. off. He's already been going off, but he can go off it more. We can talk about two hundred something yards sure. rushing.
0: Well, and I, I agree with you that Sark does like to.
3: It's he showcase. X he's an yeah. and O, but he's an ex, he's and I'm not he's even exhibition saying go so 6-0 line
0: and you know two tight ends. Just you can you can run out of you know.
3: Oh, yeah, you can, run spread, you can yeah.
0: spread it out and run it. Uh, he's good in re- re- whatever capacity, and I think you can pick your poison here. This says Wisconsin had a good run of running backs a few years ago. That's true. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Wisconsin did. But
3: right now, Texas is kind of running back you because Bijan was the best running back for two years in college football, and it looks like Jonathan Brooks is. That's three years in a row. You've fact, the best running back in the country.
1: Something to look forward to for the second half of the season. What is Jonathan Brooks going to be able to do? We're going to get back to your text. 512-447-3776 is the text line. We are asking today, how many points do you feel okay with Houston scoring against Texas where this this team still feels like Texas before the loss, that it feels like there's a Texas team getting faced the right direction going into the second half of the season? We know this offense should be able to score against Houston, but if you're going to give them some more opportunities, they're going to be able to get some turnovers, cut some of their drives short, put some three and outs put them on their back a few times, not allow them to get in the end zone, not allow plays over the top, what's that number for you? I mean, mine's, mine's around 15 to 20 is where the number. I'd like to see it below 20, but around that number is, for me, where I'd feel okay with it because I know Houston is, you know, is a good offense. They have a good offense. Uh, but, you know, and I think they're going to get a lot of opportunities because I think there could be some plays where Texas has that spurt where they put up, you know, a touchdown and then get the ball back touchdown. And, you know, Houston just keeps getting the ball back. It'll depend, too, if, if Texas can get it going, if, if the opening script is good for Sark. That'll matter, too. All that. Uh, but send in your numbers and your final score predictions. Anything else you want to talk Texas football? We're going to get into some, uh, some little NBA talk uh, when we get to the top of the hour as well. So if you got some NBA takes you want to get to. Uh, I did see Chief Engineer. I did see Wimby. Uh, Nutmeg guy. Uh, Nutmeg Reggie Bullock last night. I did see that. I'll get into that in the Spires, uh, maybe a little college football, Caleb Williams, and that that story that's coming out. Or maybe we'll go through some quarterbacks in the NFL as well. What do we have What do we have time for? We'll get to before we're off at 630 uh, giving up to Rangers pregame. Uh, keep those texts coming. We'll get to those right when we get back here on the Sports Complex, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app at hornfm.com.
2: Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on the Horn.
0: On a warm summer's evening On a train bound for nowhere I met up
1: with a gambler We were both too tired to sleep So we
0: took turns of staring Out the window at the darkness the boredom overtook us And he began to speak He said, son, I've made a life
1: Back at the Sports Complex here on the Horn Playing some Houston music People that are born or raised or Spent time in Houston all week, you know, getting the Astros ready for a for a big game. Uh, we have the Rangers pregame here at six thirty. Astros Rangers in the ALCS game four is uh, coming up. Pregame six thirty. Uh, we have the Texas Longhorns taking on Houston uh, this this Saturday. By the way, if you guys want to join me, uh, I'll be joining uh, Rob Babers doing pregame this Saturday from one p.m. to three p.m. We'll do be doing a pregame show out at Doc's backyard in Sunset Valley down there on Brody Lane. Uh, so if you want to come, say hey to us. We'll be out there one to three p.m. Uh, we'll be off tomorrow because of a early uh, ALCS game five for the Rangers and Astros. So that'll be taking over for us before. and Then we'll air the Vandergriff game uh, after that. So we'll have Vandergriff at six forty-five and uh, Texas Rangers at three thirty. But if you missed the show on Cesar no show on Friday, we'll be doing. I'll be joining Rob Babers on Saturday. And uh, we'll give you more and more and more Texas versus Houston, getting you ready for the game. Uh, you know, Sark talked about Matthew Golden and Donovan Smith and all, you know, we'll play some of that audio. We'll get you ready for the game on Saturday. And hopefully, you know what, I'll try and bring the text line out there. I think we can in the new technology, the new new system. I think I'll be able to have the text line out there on Saturday as well. Uh, or you can just come out and say hey to us because we'll be out and, around, out and around. Come out and say hey to us. Uh, We are asking you in the big fat poll, how many points do you feel okay with Houston scoring against Texas on Saturday? We still feel this is a good team. Send those texts in, 512 447 3776. And if you you have a take, if you got something you want to go with on there, 512 447 3776. Win some NBA, some more NCAA football, some more NFL. Any takes you got, any hot takes, any stories, anything like that you want to go into, send those in. We'll try and get to them in the six o'clock hour before we give you up for Rangers. Oklahoma, Greg. Says good numbers, 38 to 17. You want less than 20? That's around where I'm at. It's around where I'm at. I think we should score more than 38 points. I think this offense, we should be able to score some more points against this, this Houston team. Their defense is just not very good. Jonathan Brooks should have a field day. I know he's going to try and uh, throw the ball over the top two. You know, you hope to get some guys open and get some big plays, but I, I, think Jonathan Brooks should be able to get you get come back and and really set himself up for the second half of the season where he could have a really special season. And we may get to see C.J. Baxter kind of finally get his footing if he's going to be a little bit healthier. Maybe we'll get to see that too. Uh, we get a final should be forty at least forty two to seventeen. Uh, another one, I'm around that number with you guys. I think, But again, I think 42 is around offensively. You maybe want to see a little bit more, but 42 I think is a really good number. Uh, that number, if you see that, that's a pretty good game for Texas right there. Uh... Oh, you're with Ty. They found a new way to cheat. Once a cheater, always a cheater. And I think Belichick won more than one championship with cheating. I'm on the phone with Peyton. Uh, if you want to say that Houston is cheating, guess what? Every team in baseball cheats. Everyone was stealing signs. The Astros did it too much. I agree. They should have been punished. They were. They did have to punish a lot of things. There's uh, one player that really left on this team that was part of it. Alex Bregman is basically the guy who was cheating that was that helped cheat. Uh but most of the guys are gone. Altuve didn't. I know, all you don't want to hear that. It's a thing that nobody wants to hear, but you can go do the research. Altuve, there's video of him getting mad at him when he did it. I believe it was on 22 pitches. There was a a, a trash can, and on some of those, you saw him get mad. And the whole buzzer thing is BS. It was made up by somebody who wanted to wanted to make it that Araldus Chapman doesn't get lit up. Araldus Chapman gets lit up all the time. You guys are crazy. But, look, I have no problem with the Rangers, by the way. I actually like the Rangers. Now, I hate Creed. So, so the whole Creed thing is, is putting a wrench in it. Because I don't know why you guys are, are relying on this terrible band with a pretty not great human being in Scott Stapp that kind of faked being a Christian band to get popular. and You're just all on board with it. I don't get that. I don't get that thing. I'm, I'm anti-Creed, but I'm okay with the Rangers. Whoever wins this series, I'm rooting for them in the World Series. Whoever it is. So, I don't have the hatred, but yes, once a cheater, always a cheater. That's that's, that's cute. That's cute. Uh, by the way, baseball in general, most cheating sport ever. So there's like a massive Little League World Series <laughs> scandal that comes out like every two or three years. Whenever you hear anybody talk about their kids, they're like, I think the other team's cheating. Like, Yeah, everybody has stuff on their – you know, everybody has – all the pitchers have certain stuff that's kind of allowed in the rules, unwritten rules. It's baseball. It's what they do. I think scoring over 21 would be an issue. I'd prefer three to four scores or less, but I'm trying to keep those – the total number under 21 would be best. I agree with that. And uh, go Strohs. There you go. giving it back out with some Strohs love there on the phone, on the text line. You take on the personality of your uh, coach, and Sark does not blow people out. You have Texas 31, Houston 23. Wow. Thinking this one's going to be closer because Sark does not like to blow people out. Sark does like to blow people out, but he just doesn't. He I think he'd like to, though. 47-13. Uh, to 13. But special teams need to score. By the way, when Sark was at Alabama, they blew people out. So as an offensive coordinator, he has blown people out. Believe me. 47 to 13. Special teams needs a score. I like that one. Uh, 13 seems a little low, but I, I look, I'm for it. If you, they score if they allow, if they hold them to 13, I'm I'm on board with that. Oh, Nate had to come back with uh with the some Rangers hates. Astros got a win. You were being nice yesterday, Nate, because they, you felt pretty good there up 2 0. I get to this. I, I'm going to get to the top of the six o'clock. If you guys don't know about the scandal that's happening, at Globe Life Park, Globe Life Field. If you don't know about what's hey the scandal that is so dumb, so dumb, and people, I, people are getting upset. Some people are upset about it. We'll we'll tell you about that. We'll give you up to Rangers. I'm sure they'll mention it there, too. Bevo Angel Angel says, final score, Texas 42, Houston 17. I like that score as well. We're going to take a break. Uh, Get to the top of the hour. We're giving you up at 630 for Texas uh, Texas Rangers pregame. But until then, we're going to answer more of your texts. So keep sending those in. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Spurs. Something interesting that I did not see coming. But uh, it's been talked about now, and it seems to be that's what they're going to go with. We'll talk about that. I'll tell you about... Uh, what the controversy is in the Houston Rangers uh, game tonight that isn't really one, but they're going to say it is one. And uh, we'll give you an update on the Phillies and Diamondbacks game as well when we come back here on the Sports Complex in the Horn, 1019 AM Sixty, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.